footage of actual signs and wonders busy taking place. So even as I'm looking at you, I'm seeing things in the Spirit happening right now. And some of these things, people will bring it down, well, this is a natural phenomenon. But I, I actually seen, you've seen like the Northern Lights. You've seen the Northern Lights. Well, pictures. Candace actually seen it physically happen in the northern part of the world. But what I'm, there's, there's almost like people are going to start saying, We've seen the northern lights, but they start to appear in places that they shouldn't appear. There's going to be physical phenomenon that I see starting to break open, that people start to see these signs and wonders. Remember, signs and wonders always point to the one Jesus. Hello? And it's almost like something has shifted. I've seen the Spirit right now on earth. There's something that has opened up. I see an expansion that has taken place. I see like, even for the church... I see there's, there's this local church, but in the body of Christ, I see there's this expansion taking place where there's going to be a delivery in the sense of what we will see the things of the kingdom. There's going to be absolute like expansion, explosion from the church, from the, the kingdom breaking forth in a new dimension on earth. You will see miracles, healing, signs and wonders take place like at an unprecedented rate. Not just as we saw in the Bible in Jerusalem, uh, Judea, Samaria. It's, there's going to be an absolute acceleration and an expansion taking place across the earth. There's a, an acceleration of what God is doing right now on planet earth. And, and just get ready. You're going to start to see this. Things will be placed in the media and people will not be able to explain some things. There's always a counterfeit. We're not going to look at the counterfeit. But we, I, I just believe something in the Spirit has opened up that God is releasing. We're living in the most exciting times ever. Let me tell you that. The most exciting times ever. And we either need to be deaf, dumb, and blind, and deceived if we will not see this. Because God is opening it up, not just for the church, but for the unchurched and the unbelievers. I see things that are opening up for them. I believe this is, we're in such a pivotal time in history right now that God wants to open up something. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Even as the church, um, there's, there's a new release. Um, I'm telling you, where we've agreed with heaven, things are released in the spirit. The angelic host, they are ministering, uh, they're spirits of, uh, that have come to minister. They, they're ministering, they've been sent forth from the Most High. And, and these are servants of the Lord. And, and there's something that is busy happening right now. Guess what? Whenever there's a standard put in the world, there's always a higher standard in the kingdom. 
So I want to tell you, if we've seen the media covered with what we hear in the nonsense and negativity, get ready for what we're going to hear. I'm saying get ready for what you're going to start hearing. I really believe there's a release taking place. Because it's as if a lot of Christians, and the Holy Spirit just said to me as well as we were worshipping, He showed me many Christians have become familiar with the daily, with the bread. Like the manna. Many Christians have become familiar with the meat, like the quail. And I believe even in the body of Christ, there's going to be a shaking. There's going to be a shaking in the kingdom. Because the church has become familiar with the things of God. And not look for the extravagance in Jesus. Not look for the extravagance in the Father. Because there's more. And there's something right now that I believe that God is shaking even in the body in that. Because there's more. There's more. There's more. Creation is crying out. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. We need fresh bread today. We can't live from yesterday. Yesterday's revelation. Yesterday's truth. We build on that truth. There's more. Don't settle for what you have. There's more. Amen. 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 You receive that. Receive that. Get ready. Watch the space. We're going to see things, guys. I want to say get, get, get excited. There's things you're going to see that none of us have seen. Jesus says greater works we're going to do. Greater works than he did, we're going to do. It's, it's almost like sometimes in the body there's a dullness that comes when you become familiar with God. Well, I saw this. I saw that. I've seen what it is that the Holy Spirit does. I've seen how people fall down. I see people get healed. But there's always a greater level. There's always a more. There's always more. For eternities, there's always going to be more. Amen. We're living in such an exciting time. But I want to tell you that there's... there's, there's if, if there's no opposition in the world, then the kingdom is not having any effect. You do realize that. If you're not having any opposition or any challenge, then I question if you have, are you actually being the light wherever you are? The promised land is the place where we have to deal with the giants. We want to see the miraculous, the miracle signs, wonders we want to see because it always reveals Jesus. But Israel got familiar with that daily. They saw God's provision in supernatural ways. And they became familiar with that. So when God was moving in the promised land, it was a bit difficult to see his way of doing things. Because it was being done differently. God says, right, I'm going to work through you now. I want to use you. It's not going to just be in the heavens. It's going to be what I empower you to do. To take that city, to take that region, to take that place. Guess what? That's you and me. It's called the church. It's time to rise. It's time to step up. And it's time to step out. 
And I've been sharing with you, and uh, I've been sharing with you also a couple of weeks about the whole thing. This I really believe what is going to be revealed is the heart of Father God. We're going to start seeing the Father revealed like never before on earth, as it is in heaven. And we know that Jesus, the Bible says this, in Jesus was the Father. Jesus and the Father are one. And what I started to share with you this about this the last couple of weeks, and we're going to try to jump into this. We know, and I've shared about how the planet, that Jesus was sent to orphan planet. And that the planet exists with a bunch of orphans. And even the orphans, many times where people have come to know Jesus, but actually still even in the church, carry orphan spirit. And God is wanting to reveal himself. And this I shared with you last week. I shared with you some of the scriptures in that. I referred to even Psalm 67 verse 1 and 2, if you remember correctly. And um, the heart of the Father was always on earth as it is in heaven. It was always about family. What I said, God wants to do revival and He wants to do it through family. And when I say this, please understand this very clearly. Yes, my first ministry starts at my home with my family. But understand this, sometimes Christians have got confused with, you know, well, that means that if it's only my family, then I don't have to be part of the family, the house that God's placed me in. That's not true. Because God always speaks in parables, but there's a blueprint in the New Testament that shows us how to walk as a Christian and a believer. And how God, we have a natural family, then He places us into a spiritual family. And then he starts giving and starts revealing to us. And then, then in Matthew 6, he starts speaking about, about our Father because we're part of this family of God. All right? So now, what I shared with you is Psalm 67 verse 1. Um, I think it was last week. And, that, and I spoke to you about how the Bible says in verse 1, it says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth... Your salvation among all nations. And I shared about this, how, how what, what Jesus came to do is to reveal the Father. This was in the Old Testament, the heart of God. Um, we see in the New Testament that Jesus speaks about, you know, remember, Jesus always points to the Father, by the way. You know that. Jesus always points because the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. But what does it also say? To the Father. He's the way. He's the way to the Father. But the Father and Him are one. And what I shared with you last week, and this is the thing I really believe in this time right now. The Father is being revealed through the church. Because it was always about the Father being revealed through Jesus. Jesus is our Savior. But we were saved not just to be saved. We were saved to come into that community, John 17. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We, was, we were called into that. 
for eternity is that what is what we've been called into. I really believe the revelation of the Father is going to break open across the earth. I really believe that is what God is really has been doing it for thousands of years. And then Jesus comes along and Jesus reveals the Father. Remember, there's only one Savior and His name is Jesus. A lot of Christians have got stuck at the cross. But you know there's life beyond the cross. There's a crossing point that the Israelites had to cross over into the promised land. That's why the body of Christ has been going through many transitions the last couple of years. But the ultimate is to reveal the Father. So this is the amazing stuff. My head doesn't always wrap around this, but when Paul says, I'm, I'm laboring until I see Christ formed in you. The Word of God says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus always pointing to the Father. There's a thing, um, just want to jump to another direction, where in the book of Luke it speaks about this that Nothing is impossible. And this is what I want to just, I want to just share some foundational thing that you take hold of, and I'm going to carry on with the word. But basically, um, the Bible says that nothing is impossible with God. <coughs> is that correct? Nothing is impossible. The word actually, nothing, is made up of two words. Alright? The word nothing there is made up of actually two words. And the one is no. And the other part of nothing is rhema. And rhema is freshly spoken word of God. No, freshly spoken word of God. That's what nothing means. Okay, so, no freshly spoken word of God will be impossible with God. Okay, so, impossible, the word impossible, what it means is without ability. Impossible is the word there, without ability. So no freshly spoken word of God will be without ability. Okay, let's go a bit further. You can translate this verse actually to the following. No freshly spoken word of God will ever come to you that does not contain its own ability to perform itself. I repeat. No freshly spoken word of God will ever come to you that does not contain its own ability to perform itself. Do you see sometimes we receive the Bible or the scripture and we get information 
But the word of God, where the rhema, it makes the word alive and it comes to you, it's yours. You have the power to work with that. So when we receive the word and we receive deeply the word of God, what happens? He said to us, in receiving of the word is the importation of grace to perform the very thing he told us to do. So when we, you hear the word this morning, there's a prophetic word that came, not just for you, but for the nations earlier on. I don't know if we recorded that one, but the thing is, when God sends a word, or you and I hear a word, so nothing is impossible, you understood what that means in scripture, there's grace for you and me that empowers us to actually walk in that now. There's fresh life that makes the impossible possible. That's why early on I shared with you, there was fresh bread, fresh manna every day. For a lot of us as Christians, we've lived with something from yonder, from past. Truth is built upon truth. You don't throw everything away. There's different moves of God that He's worked through the different denominations and stuff like that. That's what we don't knock the other guys, other churches. We honor them. I come from a background and that was, I was part of the Methodist church and I grew up in that. But the people that started was John Wesley and it was a a whole revival move of God. Is there truth in that? Yes, for sure. And truth gets built upon truth. Sometimes we, we get a revelation, we build a monument on that. That's sometimes when we stop moving with God. And I really believe that God is wanting to move the church. And why I'm sharing this is because I believe, and I said this last week, I think it was, there's, there's really impartation that God wants you to receive. And that's why I prayed last week for impartation. It is not what you understand, but it's what would you receive. That's how impartation works. You have ability to walk into something and in something because supernaturally something freshly has come that has empowered you because the word that comes has grace to give you the strength to make things possible that seems impossible. So the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I believe God is doing it right now. The heart of Father God is being revealed in a new way because there's too many orphans in church as well as unsaved that are people that are also with the orphan spirit and we're misrepresenting and I'm going to come in with, with the scripture which was um, taken from me earlier on this morning. <laughs> no. um, which actually was shared earlier on about in Romans chapter 8. I want, to, I want to just break some things up with you in the time that we have. And I want to just touch on those things as well concerning that. Um, but the thing is, what, what I want us just to understand is that, um, is that Jesus came to pay the penalty of sin, right? But... Jesus also came to reveal a perfect father. And religion is always this plus this plus this. Religion is do this, don't do this. It's a list of do's and don'ts. And many times what we are doing is we're misrepresenting who the father is. So Jesus comes and he reveals a perfect father. Now remember that the, the, the whole platform on which Jesus stepped was so against the religious order. 
nor so against them. And he comes and he reveals the Father. And he turns the tables upside down. And many times God comes and does that. And that's why sometimes, many times, to, to measure whether we sit with the orphan spirit. Remember, the orphan spirit, or many times, is how we think and what we believe as Christians even. And what many times God comes and does, He actually comes and He offends our minds. Because when our mind gets offended, our hearts get revealed. Hello? So that's why when Jesus comes and He says, I want you to understand this about the kingdom. That I want to work through a family. And when you're in, built in a family, not what you choose, but where I add you to, you will get offended because something will be exposed because of the truth that I'm revealing. And the revealing of the truth is something that empowers you to receive my grace for you to walk out of the, the jail or the thinking, way of thinking that you might find yourself in. And Jesus comes and he reveals the Father in a way that was just not the way and how things are done. Do you know, Jesus comes and he turns the tables up in our lives because I don't always understand it. Just when I think this is the way. I, I feel I know less now than I knew 30 years ago when I came to know the Lord. And it's like, oh! Ah, just when I got this right, just when I understand this right, then God comes and he, he just... He makes me step into the deeper water. He makes me step into the deeper water. And then he surrounds me with other people. And you know, we're not always thinking the same. And then suddenly we come into thinking the same. And we get breakthroughs. And then, he, then you know, just, just me. You know, and then you feel a grinding in your life. And something starts to happen. And you feel, you feel there's something I'm stepping into. And, and iron sharpens iron. That's why Jesus said, I want you to pray like this. I want you to pray, Our Father. Because in a family is where we get sharpened. In a family is where we, get, we, we love, learn to love unconditionally. It's easy to love a friend I've chosen. Because it can be conditional. But it's a different story when I'm in a family. And I have to love one another unconditionally. And that's why we're a multicultural church. We come from all different backgrounds. But God is busy bringing forth what? He's revealing the Father. Jesus carried the manifested Father while He walked on earth. And the reason why Jesus carried the manifested Father when He walked on earth, so that the earth would not be an earth filled with orphans. And you know what? All of us, I've said before, have a positive, less positive, great experience, very bad experience with even our own physical fathers. Some of us have never even known our own physical fathers. Marriage is divine, by the way. 
It was not authored by man. It was authored by God. Therefore, it's divine. That's why you've seen the whole LGB movement and stuff. There's this big thing about to get married. Why? Why not just live together? You see, because something that is divine, the enemy will always want to come against. So the Father is busy revealing. He's busy. He's, the, the Jesus is revealing the Father. God, the Father, is the perfect Father. And some of us, the way we look through our glasses of our bad experiences is the way that we experience our Heavenly Father. And God is busy, busy restoring this stuff because, you know, we've all had this, these experiences. And, um, you know, in some areas, um, give an example. So some of you heard this testimony. I'll share it again. Some of you haven't heard it. Um, I'm going to try and uh, get through this. But in my own life and that, my, um, I had a wonderful father. He always created security. My mother made the following statement. She said to me, my boy, so after they were saved, she said to me, my boy, you know, when I married, because my father was 10 years older than my mom, and my mom was 19 years old when she got married. She came from a very, very just, very challenging background. Um, and uh, that's quite a few years ago. And uh, she, uh, she said, to my, said to me, my boy, I married your father I didn't love him at first, but I married him because of the security he gave me. He says, and then I learned to love him. All right, and I'm not saying, don't make that as a standard. For anyone who gets married, please don't do that. That's not the yes thing I'm telling you. It's not the yes thing. And that was the background, and then I you know, got married, and, and they were so close. I mean, they were married after many, many years before they passed on to be with the Lord. And um, my father, um, there's certain things which he always tried to create. They came from a very poor background, both of them. And they did very well, very successful late in life. And um, um, my father was at the age of 60 when he came to know the Lord. And, um, but one thing that was positive in my life was he always created security for me. So that's a thing for me which is natural. With people, whatever, I'd always want to create security for people. But there's so many other areas that we're lacking. So the only time, or, or, sorry, the first, well, y- yes, the first and the only time that he got saved, yes. Um, only from then that I'll never forget where we actually hugged and kissed one another. Otherwise we would just shake hands. Well done, my boy. But I saw when he encountered Jesus, the true father started to come through. And we would kiss one another on the lips and hug one another. It wasn't just out of culture. For the Greeks, you know. (laughs) The Greek culture, eh? Isn't that so? George, the Greek culture, you'll kiss someone and you hug uh, the French. You know, Europe, they'll kiss like this. So this wasn't out of culture. This was out of identity. So what am I saying? I'm saying we've had, and, and, and would I want another father for earthly one? No. Did my father have many faults? Yes. But I don't even remember them, by the way. So, Jesus comes and he reveals the perfect father. He reveals that God is actually only good. Because I thought, I honestly thought, well, you know, the Father isn't always good because bad things happen to me. 
Any bad things ever happen to you? But our Father is a perfect Father. And He comes and He, re- and, and he reveals Himself through Jesus, right? So, <clears throat> what happens in, uh, I want us just to have a look in Romans chapter 8, the verse that was taken early on. I want us just to look at some scripture because this is very important for us just to understand something here. We, we hear this often in Romans chapter 8. You can have a look at verse 14. Um, uh, Romans 8, 14 to 15. Let me just read. We're going to just keep yourself in this chapter. Romans 8, 14 to 15. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So it means that we actually had fear. So you didn't receive this again. Alright? But you received the spirit of what? Adoption. By whom we cry out, what? Abba, Father. Do you know that the whole climax of this chapter is that? Is those verses. I'm adopted. I'm no longer orphaned. And I cry out, Abba Father. Do you know that the whole of humanity can actually cry out because they come to know and see the Father in Jesus. They actually can cry out, Abba Father. This is the whole of humanity that can cry out like this. In verse 16 it says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17, And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified uh, together. For for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Alright? So, what's busy happening? This is the, probably the biggest intercession and prayer that took place is actually in these verses. I'm going to show you. So, creation is basically, is, 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 is longing Alright? But creation is actually mirroring what heaven is doing. Creation is mirroring what heaven is doing. What is that? It's for the sons and daughters to be revealed. So heaven is longing for this. Creation is longing for what? For the sons and daughters to be revealed. Because the planet has been filled with orphans. And when you come to know who the Father is, you actually become to come to know who you are. So we sit in church as orphans many times. We're born again. We've got a spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. But our thinking and our belief system doesn't match what our spirit man says. And we behave and we believe as we think. So many times you will have gatherings of orphans in church. And many churches are run by orphans. 
And whatever you tuned into, that frequency you draw. Verse 22. For we know that the, for we know the whole creation groans. For we know that the whole creation groans. Right? And labors with birth pains together until now. Why is creation groaning? I, I, I'm speaking, this is the biggest intercession that is busy taking place. I'll show you now. Who's involved in this intercession right now? So, firstly, creation is groaning for what? Creation is groaning for you to be revealed. For, for the Father to be revealed through you and me. Because if I'm crying out, Abba, Father, that's my identity that I found in Christ because Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus is my Savior, but he's, he's revealed the perfect Father. The three are one. You've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Why, does, why did Jesus heal? Jesus heals because he's the Father. Alright? We'll get to that now. Let's just say this. So creation is groans. Okay? Why? Is because, um, firstly, the creation groans. If you read here. Creation groans. The saints, I mean, we are also calling out and we groan in Lord. We want to see your kingdom come. We want to see you revealed. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and He's also interceding for us. Isn't that so? You read your Bible? It also says, so He's interceding and, and the Father groans for us because the Father groans for the same thing. We have intercession of creation. We have intercession of the saints. We have intercession of Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And the Father is groaning for what? For the sons and gods to be revealed. This is the greatest intercession busy taking place here. Humanity is orphaned. Right? And we see this fight for identity the whole time. Look at the media. Look at the arts and culture. There's this fight for identity the whole time. Now I'm this. Now I'm actually that. Man, just... Yeah. Let me not go further there. If you're not sure if you're male, you're female. You can do as many operations as you want. I can promise you one thing. You do a DNA test, it will say you're male or you're female. Simple as that. doesn't matter what you do cosmetically. Because our identity doesn't come from the cosmetic, it comes from the Father. And this orphan world needs a Father, and which has been revealed through Jesus. And the church is what needs to reveal the Father. And there's this intercession going on that the Father, there's this groaning taking place that the Father can be revealed because He's a perfect Father. Uh, 
Um, I've seen this in the past. Maybe you've seen this uh, in your own lives. I've, I've sat sometimes with people um, across different parts of the world where when you would eat physically, eat, they would eat as if there was not a tomorrow coming on the one hand. Maybe there's a bit biblical things in there. I'll share that now. But the thing is, and they would just eat and like gorge themselves and stuff like this because many times... The overeating, you'll see it all parts of the world. You can just look at the profile of people. <laughs> but the thing is this, is it has to do with identity. Because the orphan spirit will not know there's a good, good father, a perfect father. That takes care of us. So this is this orphan spirit. This is just an example that would manifest even in the way people eat. Another example, I've seen this happen. Um, someone I love and know <laughs> that needs to know Jesus. Um, hasn't come yet to know Jesus. But I've seen an orphan spirit work from, from you know work where... Uh, this person would pick up every time if there's a one cent. I mean, you know, one cent, five cent, ten cents. It means nothing, let's be honest. Now, yeah, in South Africa. And would pick up every one cent. Pick, pick a one cent up, whatever, put it in the pocket. It's an orphan spirit. And I was told it's my one cent closer to becoming a, not now a millionaire, but a billionaire or a whatever, gazillionaire. That's an orphan spirit. You see, the Bible says, don't give thought of tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. So you don't have to grab things for today for yourself. Have you seen what's happening in the media? People aren't wanting even to go to public gatherings, but they will go to the shopping malls and empty all the racks. Okay, did you hear what I just said there? They, they will go to. They will not come to gatherings with people, whether it's church meetings. Whether I'm not judging, please hear me right. But the, the, whether it's sports, whether whatever, they will not come there. But they will go to the the, the the shops and they'll empty the racks. But they've just come all together. Now this is just we need to. That's an orphan spirit. Because they don't know a good good father that must turn something around and see provision. Maybe some of this is speaking to some of you folk. The way you handle people, resources, things around you. Your work or your income is not... The work that gives you the, the, the income you have is not your source. God is your source. He's a good father. Do you know that even Jesus, the Bible says, never found sometimes place to put his head down to rest. Oh. Paul says, I've known lack, I've known plenty. That's why I said, God will be shaking first things in the kingdom. Watch. Watch. You'll see things being shaken. Why? 
Because as creation, the saints, Jesus the Father is groaning, crying out. Because the Father is supposed to be revealed through the church. Alright? So we don't have to grab for ourselves. Why? Because he's trying to separate us from that orphan spirit which tries to gather for our self-security. Alright? So... There's this, but it has to do with identity. You know, if I understand I'm a son of this perfect father, how much do I actually believe that? Will he not provide some, uh, this is so biblical, guys, a sheep, a ram in the bush. So biblical for the South African, especially. Some food, some, but he provides always there. Even though the sacrifice is here, we turn our attention away from the sacrifice. The thing is, there's a place to sacrifice your dreams. Some of us get stuck at the sacrifice of what God has given us in promises. Instead of God saying, man, worship me, give the dreams I've put into you, your ministry, your calling, I want you to give it back because it's not about your dream. It's not about your calling. It's not about your ministry. It's about me. The provision is always there. Just turn your eyes away. It's not at the altar. It's in the bush. Pain at the altar. It's in the bush. Turn your focus away from your pain. Because I'm a good, good father. I'm a perfect father, he says. There's this cry. I see it all over. You'll see this thing about purpose. What is my purpose? Where am I going? Where and whatever. Your purpose has to do with your identity. The reward is not the purpose. The reward is in. It's about the journey. Because he's our reward anyway. Dreams. Speak about dreams. Oh my goodness. I would have rated myself in the top ten about dreaming and vision. Until I had to give all of it back anyway. Because it's never been about the dreams and the visions. It's always been about him. He's the reward. Some of us are running after things. Whether it's what we can collect here. Whether if it's this. He is our reward. He's a perfect father. On earth as it is in heaven. He knows what we need. But he's working on our identity. He's he's trying to reveal his his heart. He's wrapped his heart and his love for us. So yes, we know that, that, that Jesus, he comes to reveal the father we know that he's the healer. He know, we know that he's a deliverer. He, he, he accepts people even before they deserve it. So Jesus comes and he reveals the Father. He, he, the Father is the healer. The Father is the deliverer. Because he's representing what he sees, he does. What he hears, he says. Jesus reveals the Father. You see me, you've seen the Father. Why I'm repeating myself on this, because what I said in the beginning, that you would receive the grace this morning that empowers what has been said, so that you would believe what he said, so that we would walk in what the truth is. So, the Father accepts us long before we deserved it, okay? Um... Do you know that the Father accepted us long before we even did things right? 
Ah, I'm touching something in the spirit here. How many of us had it that our own father, we could not do stuff right? And the things we did was wrong. We could never do good enough. But our Heavenly Father accepted us before we even did things right. Yeah, but I'm still not a good Christian. I'm still doing. He accepted us before we even did anything right. That's how perfect Father is. You know, it's funny when you suddenly start having children, you realize, oh my goodness, I'm just like my dad. And it's normally the negative thing. And a little thing even with me, in that, and I'm taking a little bit of time here, so just hanging here. You know, just this thing of, you know, pass me the spanner. Or just go fetch him his hands the wrong one. And later you as a kid, you like shivering there and it's, and it's in the tone of the voice or the look. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's an identity thing because later, like, you know, the father's just going to be on my case if I get this wrong. That was me. But I knew my earthly father loved me. But a heavenly father is a perfect father. And guess what? We are heirs. We're now part of a family of heaven and earth, by the way. We are co-heirs in Jesus. We, are now, uh, we have a new name in Christ Jesus. We are part of royalty. We're part of the family of God. That's why we can say, our Father, who art in heaven, a perfect Father we serve. And even for the mistakes that we make, we serve this perfect Father. And suddenly with my own daughter, I started to see when I would look at her or say something like this, and I realized, where did this come from? And that's why creation is longing. Jesus is longing. The, the, the saints that have gone before us, that are present here as well. The Father is groaning for there's this intercession taking place that the Father will be revealed through you. And a lot of us are doing things for our identity instead of finding our identity in Him. You know, if, if, the, if the anointing flows through me and the ministry grows like this, if I can have this, then I'm accepted. You were accepted before the foundation of the earth because Jesus was slain before the foundation of the earth. My mind doesn't understand everything. But this morning received the grace to be empowered. We get saved by grace. And later, some people think God has become angry with us. We were won by His love. And by some way of thinking... We kept, we feel that he's got anger against us. Yet he loved, if we were found by his love. And somehow he, he, we have a father that's angry with us. How is it possible? Because there's, there's no fear in love. There's, 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 he, he's a good father, he's a perfect father. The grace that brought you is the grace that will keep you. So Jesus comes, He reveals the Father. And I said this last week, 
The way Jesus reveals the Father, the woman caught in the adultery, what does He do? Jesus reveals the Father. And a father restoring a daughter. How do we sometimes restore people, even in the church? How do we restore our own loved one? Is the father being restored? Restoring the person? And Jesus comes. He doesn't pick up a stone. He doesn't make an accusation. And he restores. Why? Because this planet is orphaned. This planet is looking for a father. And as a church, we can't misrepresent the father anymore. And that is why our identities need to be restored to understand who our father is in heaven. Jesus says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. Everything you and I do in life is to actually reveal the Father. Everything we do. Striving as Christians is as a result of of the absence of the awareness of the Father's love. I want to be the perfect Father. I want to... The jealousy amongst... Ah, I have jealousy. Ah, this one is... It has to do with my identity. I, I'm, I'm loved. If none of you were here, no one else on this earth, Jesus still would have died for me. We don't think like that. If it's only you that was left here, Jesus still would have paid the price to do what? That the Father's heart is revealed to you. That you become a son or a daughter. Competition, fear, anxiety can only exist when there is an absence of lasting of the Father's love. The night I got saved, the 4th of May, 1990. It was the absolute... Unconditional love of the Father that saved me. Nothing else. No fear. Nothing. No fear of going to hell or anything. Please. There's, the hell is real. I promise you that. But I was not saved by fear. I was saved by love. Religion gives you do's and don'ts. That's why you'll see religious people like to follow schedules and ritual. And Jesus comes and he throws the tables around him. Oh. That's why I said to you, many times we will be offended when we see things in a new way because actually our hearts have been revealed. And the reason why God does that is because he loves us. That's why when we're in a family like this, it's like, oh, I read this thing wrong. You looked at me in that way. Or you didn't greet me this morning. Or you, do you understand? We're all looking for love and it is perfect. And he's wanting to reveal himself through us. The Father's love is so ridiculously perfect that we want to try to figure it out and we want to try to earn his love. His love is so perfect. And, and if I stick to, I do this and I mustn't do this and I must do this and I can do this as a Christian, I can't do this and I must, I'm trying to earn it. 
I said this thing last week to you. I said, please, there's no condoning of sin whatsoever. I shared this. I'm not going to go back into it. So it's not an excuse we can sin and we can do what we want. But I want to tell you something. We honestly have to get rid of the starch in our lives. And we start receiving more of His love that melts our hearts. Because the more love of the Father we know, we know the more secured we are in our identity. And this is what creation is longing for. Um, he has a bit of a paradox in the Bible, says the following. It says, I'm going to start, I'll end off with this. He who sins much, loves much. It's a bit of a paradox in this. Because what it means is that those are in the biggest mess uh, uh, and, and can't get themselves out. They many times have a liberty to love God more. Alright. I want to clarify something also with this. The answer is not that I must go and uh, into sin more, please. It's not what it's saying. But... What I need to realize is that how deep in sin I was. It's not an excuse to go sin more, but to realize I actually can love him more because of realizing how lost I was. I actually can find his love, just pressing to him. So, the sin of religion, what it does, it keeps you dead to the real need. Can I say it again? The sin of religion always keeps you dead to the real need. What does someone who's in religion need? Love. Religion gives you points to do, not to do as a Christian. The kindness of God leads me to repentance. Religion says, Yechan hell to. You gain Hal Israel, I promise you this, please, this is this unfortunate. But we normally give a fear condition to people. I say instead of love. Do you know that Jesus said nothing to the sin? Because he doesn't fear sin. And the adulteress was sitting there. He didn't say anything. He just says, I don't see your accusers around you. It's normally the religious religious, normally anyway that accuse. And he says, go sin more, go sin no more. The father is revealed in Jesus. The father daughter is restored. And the world, Romans 8 says, is groaning. All creation is groaning. So that we can reveal who? The father. The perfect son, Jesus, reveals the perfect father. If you want to be a father, become a good son. Become a good daughter. And you can reveal the Father. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we want to see the healing of any orphan spirit, any attributes of any orphan spirit or mentality or way of thinking, Father. Even where we feel we can be zealous for something, even like um, uh, Paul, before he got saved, he was so zealous for you, and yet he didn't know your love. And Father, I pray that in the nations, as well as in the city, in our families, in our own lives, where the orphan spirit might want to stick its head out, that Lord, that you would help us find your love, because in your love we find our identity. And Lord Jesus, we've seen you as we've received you as our Lord and Savior. We found who you are, Father. And we can call you Abba, Father. 
And Lord, this is the cry of our heart. And Lord, may we represent you well. And even what you're doing on this earth, Lord, um, that the sons of God have been revealed, meaning the Father has been revealed. Jesus, you're the perfect Son, revealing the perfect Father. And Lord, may we reveal the Father. May we reveal you wherever we go, that we'd see the standard raised across the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen.